have your sports curiosity cured. Fun game here in the Twin Cities. Look at the moves by Edwards. Swashbuckling oh! and slamming. <laughs> Anthony Edwards skies. Are you kidding me, oh, Edmund? A veteran of the sports reporting game for over 25 years. Hawk Zone here trying to help defend. Quinn, tap of that stick, scores! Shot from along the goal line on the far side of the ice by Paterka. Off the back of Sauter Blumen in, and it is a 2-0 Buffalo lead. Breaking down Edmonton's favorite teams. Erie, Pennsylvania, and Louis Kelly McDavid wanted me to remind everyone what a nice kid Andre was back then. Here's Trice on the Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. All right, here we go. The weekend is here, so let's click her in a schnell, tear up the old pea patch, and make a fast break to the 11 o'clock hour. Good morning. Welcome to the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 on your AM radio dial or on our many platforms. Uh, that's sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, all of our apps. Uh, glad you could uh, join us uh, on another Morning after an Oilers victory, it's uh, kind of like Groundhog Day in a good way around here. Uh, 12 straight wins after last night's 4-2 victory over Seattle. Uh, that ties the mark for Canadian team uh, with the most consecutive wins. The Montreal Canadiens did it back in 1967-68. Uh, the Oilers are now third in the Pacific Division after a 20-3 and run in the last 23 games, just one point Ahead of L.A. now as the Kings' uh, downturn and downward spiral continues. L.A. lost last night 2-1 in Nashville. Just can't score. Uh, the Oilers, Stu Skinner, another great game after a slow start by the team as the Seattle Kraken got out to that big 2-0 lead early, but the Oilers came back hard. And Skinner now 16-2 and in his last 18 games. Power play and penalty kill was the difference last night. Power play went 2-for-5, a perfect PK, 5-for-5. They've gone 28-for-29. And what can you say about Warren Fogle? Two goals uh, last night. That's the 10th career multi-goal game. Oilers humming along right now. Leon Dreisaitl, one goal, three assists last night, and he was just almost unbeatable in the face-off circle. Connor McDavid extended his point-scoring streak to 12, and uh, that's 10 straight games. The Oilers have gone now, allowing two goals or less. It's like they're trying to catch the Winnipeg Jets with the three goals or less uh, mark that the Jets are setting right now. And it's the eighth come-from-behind win during this 12-game uh, winning streak. Uh, congrats to Evander Kane reaching the 600-point Mark last night. Let's welcome in our Friday co-host, Eddie Steele, brought to you by Bonton Bakery. From your daily bread to a celebration cake, Bonton has that and everything in between for all your baked good needs. Order online at bonton.ca. Good morning, Eddie, and it's been a great week for uh, the Oilers, but it's been a tough week for you because last week at this time, you were hours away from going in under surgery 
You got what? Four wisdom teeth taken out last Friday, and mm-hmm. a, and an old baby tooth. Obviously, an old baby tooth. Yeah, thirty-five year old baby tooth. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but this was a big time procedure. It was plus another adult tooth removed that was on top of the baby tooth. So yeah, it was big. I don't know if you can tell. Do I have a lisp or anything? Am uh, I am I coming through no, loud and clear? Yeah, you're sounding good. I mean, you got a I'm bit of a shiner. Good. I got a yeah. face for radio well, today. As I've always said, Eddie, if you can't be the best, look the best. And you're yeah. looking sharp <laughs> this morning, big yeah. guy. Ooh. <laughs> no, you got because a little bit of blood would have pooled up from the surgery under your eye. And yeah, it was a big shiner. My face, uh, I put something funny out on Twitter actually yeah. over the weekend looking like Shrek. <laughs> it was it was bad. It was very inflated. But no, I'm here, man. I'm a oh. trooper. I, I wanted to be here and talk some sports. The I ma- haven't done the man anything of steel. all week. The man of steel is here, back in the chair. <laughs> so Lots well, to talk about, too. Great that. sports, man. So, you, you know, obviously you're kind of laid up for a few days here, and you got to watch the Oilers here in the last few games, and I guess you just, uh, you know, you must be... 12 straight. 12 straight. I mean, again, only 19 teams have done... Uh, you know, been on a roll like this, 12 straight wins. Well, you know what? Uh, the, all that's on my mind is you brought it up a couple of weeks ago and then I kind of followed your lead and, man, they're going to go this month without <laughs> losing the game. I'm going to say it. I'm going to go on a limb. There's four games left. You look at their opponents, the competition, obviously they could trip up, slip up, mm-hmm. you know, trap game here or there with who they're playing. But if they show up and finish business, why wouldn't they? Why in, couldn't they? In Calgary tomorrow, that's going to be, I mean, on paper, this is their toughest matchup. Mm-hmm. Battle of Alberta always seems to bring out the best in the two teams. Um, there's a, obviously a certain rivalry between Calgary and Edmonton. That rivalry, I mean, you know, in the playoffs in 2022, we saw it at its at its height was, yeah. in the last <laughs> few years. But, you know, if you go back to the into the 80s and, you know, and, and into 1990, it was nothing like, like that. So... Again, we we did say there's a chance that they have the could run the table here, but again, we were just saying, how do you look at things? Well, you got to bite bite the elephant one bite at a look time. At that well said. You know, so uh, were you ever a part of a team that? I mean, obviously, you never won twelve in a row. No, but, but we won in fifteen when we won the Grey mm-hmm. Cup here with the Eskimos. Ten straight wins. Ten straight. Ten straight. Ran That's the table, including the Grey Cup. Including okay. the Grey Cup. So yeah. we uh, our, our regular season, we were. Um, Six and whatever it was, and mm-hmm. we won ten straight to finish sixty four, six and four. Right, and we won ten straight to finish sixteen and four. Wow! Yeah, when you're going into the locker room, I mean, you're, everyone first, everyone's in a great mood, but the confidence. I mean, you're just you, you feel no one can beat you. You do, and it's actually reflecting back. And I'm glad that you asked me that question because I think about it all the time because it's a bragging point. Yeah, we won ten straight on route to winning a great cup. But it's very similar to this journey the Oilers are on in the sense that uh, not all of the victories are the same. Some are grittier. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're seeing a confident team and a team that, you know, is playing a game that they know that they can play, a style they know that they can play, and it's not always going to be the same, not always flashy, yeah. not always gritty either because they have the best of both worlds. And that's exactly how it was in 15. We had Mike Riley. Uh, in a flashy offense, but sometimes, you know, they relied on a gritty defense and uh, top CFL defense that mm-hmm. year. Uh, text one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. What do you think this run the Oilers are on? What do you think uh, they can do tomorrow in uh, Calgary to make it 13 in a row the rest of the schedule before the All-Star break? Uh, send us off a note, one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Also, send us a, uh, how about a get well note to Eddie? 
Eddie could use a little cheering up. It's been a tough week for the big man. Yes, I, I, I could. It has been a tough week. A lot of soft foods. I'm craving solid foods. I've gone on some crazy diets mm-hmm. and stuff like over my journey of athletics and my career. And I was telling my wife, this has by far been the worst because like on diets and stuff, you can at least, you know, eat your proteins and stuff like that and eat kind of good food and have cheat days here. I am totally just relegated to eating just mashed potatoes. (laughs) How how much weight have you lost? Uh, Yeah, like six, seven pounds in the week. Oh, really? Easy. Yeah. Easy. And and you're nah, still she'll eating come and, back. Yeah. She'll come back yeah. strong. Man of steel, Kev. <laughs> the, the audience can't see. I'm flexing as I'm talking to him. <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, we saw the picture on uh, you posted. And you could see that it looked like you got in a, like a big tilt. Yeah, and you should have seen the other guy. <laughs> the doctor. <laughs> yeah, he had his business. way with me when I was out, man. Business. Jeez. We're, we're going to talk uh, a lot of football in the uh, 740 time slot. We've got Jason Greger coming up at 720, by the way. Do we have him? Is he going to? Hey, Greg's. Ah, thanks, big guy. Remember the last time that he was No the, showed. Yeah. We've had two. No, Greg's and Declan. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm surprised. You know what? How about Donovan, the intern, coming in here, quick, Duke? I, I gave Donovan a little bit of reprieve. He's going to be filling in on the yeah. Jason Greger on the lowdown with low tide today, running the the ones and twos. So I said I give him a little <laughs> little bit of a later start since he's going to be kicking but he's around. Here right off but the he, here he is, basically right after the seven o'clock uh, seven bells. So uh, shout out Donovan, the intern. Well, I'm impressed. He's here, Donovan. <laughs> did you get a lot of uh, feedback from your first ever uh, kind of sports update hit? Here comes Donovan, the intern. You know what? I got a little bit of feedback. The text line, the text line up, liked eh? it. It just blew up, didn't it? It, it did. It blew up. <laughs> the text line, they were enjoying me. I uh, so you know what? I'm happy. I made them happy. Oh well, thanks for doing that. Well Donovan. done, Donnie. Yeah, where to work? Um, so the Oilers again with a, a a run like this, and and you mentioned it. Can you kind of just maybe expand on that confidence level again? What a team feels like when you know you just. I'm, <laughs> The Oilers have had a lot of days off where they've said, well, we, you know, and it's almost like you don't want to have a day off of practice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, you, know? you want to just show up to the rink. Yeah. You're right. Be around get the fellas, even be on the ice for quick skates and much like be at practice for, you know, just throw arounds and mm-hmm. quick sessions out on the field. The thing about this that'll be really interesting is obviously they're going to lose at some yeah. point, right? It's going to happen. Um you know, hopefully they break. What's the NHL record? 17? 17. Uh, you yeah. know, Pittsburgh man, that's Penguins, five games yeah. out. You can start to talk about it pretty soon here. But <laughs> whenever it does happen, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they rebound. Is it going to be one game or are they going to go on a two, three game slide? Because that'll be really telling. Because the confidence, it should be you have, you drop the ball in a game and you shake back and you, you get right back to your style, your game. Because... Ultimately, this team, and they've shown it the past three years now, mm-hmm. right at this time, they start playing some really good hockey. Like, if you look at the history of it, right around this time, they go on their little runs and they start playing some really good hockey where they prove that they're a top-five team. You're seeing it, and they're, they, they're playing with that. They know it. You can see it. But what's interesting is down 2 nothing early, right? And, yeah. you know, in the past, or at the beginning of the season, forget the past, the beginning of the season, it was like, oh, boy. Right when they were two and nine, but now it's nothing, and they stick to their game, and it's it really is it's an irrelevant lead. 
You know, and again, there were two kind of partial breakaway breakaways and then a third with Chris Tanner. Yeah, that was And the puck rolls good. off his stick. That could be 3 nothing mm-hmm. right there. That wasn't good. The Kraken got in behind the Oilers' defense too often too early in the game. And if you look even at the, the second goal by McCann from Jared McCann, uh, Jordan Everly made a nice play. But if you look at how... Um, Matthias Ekholm and Darnell Nurse were on the ice for that one. They were staggered. They weren't together as a, as a mm-hmm. defense pairing. Mm-hmm. They were staggered. That allowed, you know, the opposition to attack. When a pair is staggered, that's, they're weak. They, you know, they have to be level. I'm glad that you yeah. said that because I was going to actually yeah. literally ask you about that. Yeah. Because then Ekholm got, or, or Nurse got kind of mm-hmm. caught because he had to drift. It's, it's just like when you're, when you're doing tactical work. You know, you, you're coming in as a unit, right? Or you're defending as a unit. You mm-hmm. don't have guys that are too far ahead, too far behind. It just opens up to the opposition. Mm-hmm. And that's what, and, and a, you know, good job by Seattle to exploit it. Eberle made a great pass. McCann had a great finish. Uh, but if you would have leveled out the defense pairing as far as what they're looking at coming back, uh, defending that play, level them out to where they are not staggered, where there's not, I don't know, six, seven feet where they're on a slant. Instead, they are totally leveled together. Big difference. Mm. Uh, the, the the opposition can't penetrate that as easily as uh, yeah. they did on that play. Yeah. So uh, we're going to have uh, Jason Greger come up uh, at 720. We've got a jam-packed Friday show. We're looking really forward to it. Uh, as usual, Mark Spector, 8 o'clock uh, for... Uh, booster juice and then our uh, headliner today for mr Ruder will be dan rosen from nhl.com we'll go around the nhl boy la kings just all of a sudden can't score they lose last night to nashville two to one uh, vegas pumps the rangers five one so uh, the Oilers are now still six points back of vegas in the pacific Oilers now as we mentioned off the top in the three hole in the pacific with 51 points uh, just ahead of the kings and predators actually so that nashville win puts the Predators at 51 points with the Oilers, but the Oilers do have four games in hand on Nashville. They've also got four games in hand on Vegas, and the Golden Knights, with that win over the Rangers, are uh, six points ahead of the Oilers uh, for second in uh, the Pacific. Vancouver, you know, just keeps uh, winning. The Canucks with another big win last night. So that's the only team, the, the Canucks and the Jets out west, that had haven't really had a... A lull. A blip, yeah. Yeah, you know, they've been, been steady. steady. But steady and good. Yeah. You know, it's not just... Six and four kind of yeah, thing. Steady and you know, good. Steady and good. One one thing that's crazy about the Kings, one in ten in their last eleven. Imagine if that was here. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. One in ten. And the run that the Oilers are on. That's kind of unfathomable uh, to think about. They have got got to overtime or shootout, so one five. So they're, and four. they're they catching get points, a couple points, but yep. still, you know, with one win in ten, just I mean, that's what the Oilers were. Yeah, you know, with their start. Uh, Nine o'clock. It's going to be an absolute ring a ding dong dandy in the studio here. We've got Spencer Love and Zoe Sager from Lo- Love Pro Wrestling coming into the. Uh, studio here at the Stingray Station at the uh, mall that has it all. I don't know if we're going to set up a ring in here, Duke. Is that Thaddeus, dude? He should show up. I'd like to take him down for a couple, put him in a suplex in a the sleeper hold. I, if we do get any ring or some setup, some demonstration from Zoe about oh. some of the moves, I think it'll be uh, Donovan, the intern. Hey, our, uh, I like our, that. I, I actually am thinking about serving up to Spencer because obviously they got the big event at uh, the Oil Kings game on Sunday. We'll just send Donovan over there and they can use him as a, as a prop as they see fit. For I'm the in afternoon. for that. You got to get into the business somehow, Don. This is how you get into the business. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 
So they're going to be in studio here at 9 o'clock. Uh, Ryan Leslie from the Calgary Flames uh, broadcast team. Roger Sportsnet will uh, guest with us at 10 o'clock to tee up tomorrow's Flames-Oilers game. And we're going to talk about this. Oh, I mean, the Flames got hooped. It, it, it was the right call last night. I don't know if you saw it. It was a hand pass. They, they scored the tying goal in the third period. The puck went off uh, Blake Coleman's hand. And and then it it's the right call, but it just it just stinks. It's a, if that call happened here, every fan would be going bananas. And I think in Calgary, it's not too well received. But we'll talk about that. It was it was. Ooh, there's some stinky calls oh. last night. I want to talk about too. <laughs> and ten uh, twenty our uh, Saint Albert Dodge game of the day. Uh, Nate Paperni, Lee Zalaski. So it's a big game tonight at Bill Hunter Arena. So how it used to be was it's this is called Athletic Club Appreciation Night. So the, it used to be the Maple Leaf Athletic Club. Canadian Athletic Club, Southside Athletic Club, and then KFC. So these four teams in the under-18 division have sort of, I guess, amalgamated into um, an under-18 AAA Junior Oilers program. So they're kind of doing a, a little game tonight between Team Orange and Team Blue. So we'll talk to those coaches uh, at uh, 1020. When we come back, Jason Greger will guess with us. Uh, it's Carius. It's Eddie Steele. A hurting Eddie Steele, but he's back in black, baby. The real deal. <laughs> Coming up on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right. Welcome back to the big program. We've heard that song quite a lot at uh, Rogers Place as the Oilers win 12 in a row and sit third in the Pacific Division. Let's welcome in our uh, colleague and the uh, host of the Drive Home Show here on Sports 1440, Jason Greger, to the big program this morning. Uh, morning, Gregs. Thanks for getting up bright and early to do this. Appreciate it. Uh, fellas, no worries. Uh, my son's in uh, track club right now. So, track so club. We're up early anyway. What, what's that all about? Well, I was just running track. You get ready for the uh, journal games and everything. Oh. So, uh, yeah, he's pretty fired up. You got to be, uh, he's been waiting for this because mm-hmm. you got to be in grade four. So, this is his first year, and he was pretty pumped that he, uh, that he made the team. What, uh, what, re- what kind of races? What are we looking at here? Uh, he'll be doing, uh, it's a lot of relay races. Okay. He'll be doing the, uh, the four by 100. And uh, I th- I'm not sure if they do the 200, but I know he's doing the four by one. They're they're practicing their baton exchanges right now, Ooh, so it's nice. Uh, Is he run uh, faster you know. than you right now? I was just going to ask. <laughs> no, no, Dad can still beat him in a straight line, but um, it's uh, you know it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Um, luckily, I, you know, I, I was always a good runner. I was I was faster runner than I was ever a skater. I'm a terrible mm-hmm. skater, but I can. Uh, he'll he'll beat me. I'll say this: he'll be a faster skater before he's a faster runner. Oh yeah. Would, would he ever want to get into the other kind of stuff, like you know, uh, long jump and you know maybe high jump or anything like that? Oh or, yeah, he, yeah. He's more of a high jumper, I think mm-hmm. for sure. Long and uh, lean. He won't be. Uh, I don't think he'll be starring in the shot put or disc. <laughs> <laughs> so hockey, track, anything else he does? Uh, he's big into soccer, ball hockey. We play ball hockey a lot. Um, and uh, like if mini sticks was a sport, he'd be right up there because mm-hmm. um, you know, it was a lot of hours. The problem is now his shot's getting harder. So it's uh, dad's almost got to wear a can now. So. Ooh, that, yeah. That's a perfect example for the listeners. Yes. Gregor's kid, I'm going to put him on a pedestal. <laughs> do as much yeah. as you can do when you're growing oh, yeah. up. I'm a firm believer oh, God, in that, yeah. Greg's. And I've heard you talk about it too. Do as much as you can do. Yeah, he's actually excited. He wants to play basketball. We have a we have a hoop and we shoot all the time, but he actually mm-hmm. wants to play like 
on a team. So now I'm, uh, if anybody recommends any good basketball leagues, uh, send me an email um, I think, that are yeah, on you maybe know, the North end or St. Albert. Cause yeah, he's been, he's been hounding me and it's, uh, uh, you know, I probably should ask Paul, sir, but uh, yeah, I think I, he's old enough now to play some hoops. And even, you know, uh, when Slav Kornick's down at the rink, ask him Greg's cause he's got a bunch of stuff going on there. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Talk to him about it. Yeah. But dude, I want to play basketball. I don't want to play in the mini basketball <laughs> league. Slav, <laughs> hey, Slav was a pretty good point card back, back in the day. Just a little undersized. I was just five foot two. He's, a, he's, he's like Mudsy Bogues is like, dude, guard. we're the same height here. I like it. You know, yeah, Slav played some good ball and coached some good ball, but yeah. yeah. No, he was coaching. He was coach of the Ukes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but very undersized. We gave it to him at Global all the time about that. Uh, what'd you make of the game last night? Again, uh, finding ways to win here. Well, you know, the orders, it's funny. They're picking lately. They're, you know, their worst stretch of the game is in the first period. And, you know, like I've never, everybody always says play 60 minutes. No team plays 60 minutes better than the other team. Like, come on. It's, it's very rare. So, but the orders, what, uh, they, they, they dominated the first eight minutes of the, of the second period, like dominated. And that obviously got them uh, back on top, but you know what, outside of the, uh, the first period where, you know what, what do they have? Three breakaways they gave up, Um, you know, Tanev didn't score on the one, but you know, they, they definitely were a little bit loose and leaky in the in the first period. And that's kind of being their trend here. It's it, it is nerve wracking because they're they're one of only three teams now in the NHL who have a winning record when the other team scores first. Like it's if you look at the numbers last year, there was one team and uh, the orders were they were a losing team up until this hot streak where they've won seven in a row when they give up the first goal and eight games out of 12 guys where they've come from behind to uh, to win the game. It's. It's not a long-term recipe for success, but it's it's uh, it's working right now. And they're such a confident team; they don't panic. They believe they can come back on anyone, and so so that's good. But I I'm sure if you gave true serum to their head coach, and I know Warren Fogle mentioned it after the game that um, you know hey, Chris Knobloch's talked about guys, we need a better start. So um, you know they go into Calgary tomorrow, and they got a chance to make history. So uh, that should be exciting. Mm-hmm. Greg's on on this streak. What are some of the highlights that you're seeing in terms of the strong play of the Oilers? And uh, I'm seeing a ton out of Skinner's game personally. I think he's playing some really strong hockey. How about you? Oh, Skinner's been unreal. Like he, when you need a huge save, he's making it. But I think to me, the the biggest thing, and I know last night their power play, you know, you can argue actually won them the game because they went they scored two power play goals. Is the fact that Connor McDavid has a, another one point game. And he's now had six consecutive games of one point, and the orders have won every game. They're not relying like it used to be, even last year when they would win games like down the stretch. You know, McDavid, when they won 14 to 15, I think McDavid had something ridiculous like 34 points, right? Um, he, he's, he's had the one game against Philly where he had five, and then he has two two-pointers, and the other nine he has one point in, in, in the wins. Like to me, that's huge. Like last night, their other superstar was the star, Leon Dreisaitl. And I think to me, the biggest key for the orders is McDavid can go into games not feeling like if I don't score, we don't win. And I think that's that mentally is going to allow him, I think, to be even fresher than he has been in the past come playoff time. Jason Greger with Carries and Steele on uh, Friday morning, 727 in Edmonton, uh, Sports 1440. I, you know what? He's five goals, 13 assists, Greg's, during this uh, 12-game point scoring streak, which is crazy, again, with the five-pointer when you add it in there. Uh, but what about, you know, he got under Yanni Gord's skin there in the third period. It resulted in a five-minute major. This is an, another edge, and we've seen Connor probably be more physical in those, this 
I don't know, this year even, never mind this 15, 20-game stretch, more physical right now than he's ever been in his career. It's added another element to his game. Yeah, well, Yanni, I'll say that Yanni Gord is a competitive little less yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously his emotions got the best of them. He, it, it's rare where, you know, guys will make contact and then sometimes their feet come off the ice, but uh, he was in the air before he even hit Ekholm. So he clearly launched himself at him. And, you know, that was a pretty easy major. Yeah. Um, you know, McDavid is, he's not shy. Like you saw him got into it a little bit with, uh, with uh, Cardi uh, earlier in the game after he took a hit. And, you know, yeah. that's just kind of the, McDavid is, I think he's, he's either second or third amongst forwards in hits which we could get into a whole thing. If there's something on the, like, you know, the rest of the team here, they do need a little bit more physicality. I think that's something that's missing in their game. Yeah. But um, overall, McDavid's just, he's a competitor. And, you know, he's big and strong enough. Like, you don't want Connor McDavid, you know, running at guys by any stretch of the imagination regularly. But he'll finish his checks. And honestly, I think, you know, like Kane and Ernie and then McDavid are the ones who, who deliver, like, arguably, you know, continually the, the harder hits on the team mm-hmm. amongst forwards. Yeah. It's funny because if you watch the game really closely, and I say this this with the most respect totally, McDavid has some pest-like tendencies. He really does, and you need that. I love that, that the most skilled player in the world has that grit and has developed that grit. I don't think it's always been there. I want to talk about uh, just a bit of the strength, and you touched on it earlier, Gregs, in terms of how McDavid only had one point and this team is having success when he's not going you know, ballistic for five points a game. Talk about McLeod and Fogle and just the depth and how well they've been playing. Well, you know what, uh, Warren Fogle, it was, I don't know if you guys saw it on the broadcast last night when he was giving it to the ref, he goes, I'm trying to get my hat trick. Like, like Because if you go back and watch the replay, guys, yeah, Warren Fogle there. literally did nothing. Yeah. That was like Steve Kazari last night, that call on Fogle and the first call on McDavid for a slash, those mm-hmm. are two of the worst calls I've seen He's in weak. a long time. I'm sorry. You know, I don't really get on the refs and didn't impact the game, but like that, that's terrible. But Warren Fogle, nine goals on the season. You know, he's on pace for a career high. Same with, with Ryan McLeod. And, and McLeod specifically, up until he scored that empty net goal in Winnipeg, he had really done nothing offensively. He's really struggling. And so, um, you know, last year I saw in the playoffs, I thought those two as a line really gave the order some punch on the third line. And and that's why, like, if, if there is a position the orders could really upgrade, it's hard to do because of the cap. But if they could get a second line right winger, if you have McLeod and Fogle on your third line, and then maybe you recall Dylan Holloway, mm-hmm. right? Like, you got to hell of a third line come mm-hmm. playoff time. That's what you're going to need, no question in my eyes. So, but Fogle is, like, you look at it last year, guys, like, he couldn't score on a breakaway to save his life. He just couldn't do it. Nope. Um, but he actually spent some time working on it in the offseason, and you're seeing it. I think he scored now in two or three this year. Yeah, and he actually, at the start of the year, he was having trouble again. But yeah. he has come on in the breakaway department. You know, it's also the siblings and mentors kind of trip. They were at the game yeah. last night, and you heard Warren talk about his brother Reese saying, you know, he's the main reason that I am where I am right now. So you yeah, always older you can, brother. Yeah. Older brother, a couple mm-hmm. years older. He said he played, you know, all the, the mini sticks, yada, yada. But uh, one of the main reasons that every time you have these trips and, and this is just a quick one to Calgary, uh, but every time you have these trips and, or it's a home game to start and then you go on the road for a quick little job, it always, you always see the team play better and have good results. I don't know what it is, but you want to play better. You want to Im- impress if it's your dad, your mom, your brother, sister, whatever. It there is. is a thing to it. That is a real thing. Yeah. Oh, no, you, you never lose that 
Um, now, and I think for siblings, you know, it's a different because of your parents, right? Like your parents, you're just very thankful for them. And they're your mom and dad. And they're always like from a young age, you know, even you look in the crowd. Now, maybe you get a little bit older. You don't look in the crowd as obvious, but you might sneak a, 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 mm-hmm. a view to know where they are. It doesn't matter your age. But siblings are, are different for, for a lot of them. Like, you know, now for him and Reese, like they battled in in the basement all the time. And as the younger brother, you know, there, there's lots of studies that will even show that, you know, you mature a little bit quicker because, you know, when, when Reese is eight, he's not taking it easy on six year old Warren. Right. That often, like he might think he is, but he's still not right. Like you hammer and Reese is bigger than Warren. You saw him like, mm-hmm. you know, Warren Fogel's a decent sized guy. Big His guy. brother's a big D man. He was joking about if anybody needs a right hander to come out of retirement, uh, maybe he would do it. But you know, I, I think it's special. You looked at, you know, that some people bought friends, some people bring, uh, I think Cody Cece brought his father-in-law, uh, Darnell. There's a few guys who had their sisters mm-hmm. uh, there, uh, which is great because if I'm not mistaken, that's the first siblings uh, trip they've ever had. They've had mom's trips and dad's trips that, that can be a mentor or an aunt or somebody else. But this is the first siblings one. Not that you couldn't bring a sibling before, but I think this one encourages more to do. And I was joking, like Stuart Skinner, he's, he's in the toughest boat. He's got eight siblings. How's he picking which one gets to come first? Yeah, you're drawing out of a hat, and yeah. they're all—they're all. Every first name starts with S as well. Yes. You know, <laughs> um, just off topic here. You started the uh, GoFundMe page for Robin Brownlee. Uh, just to, you know, great, great concept idea, Greg's, and uh, kind of how are, how's it looking there, and how can people kind of you know help it's, out? It's awesome. We're actually yeah. at seventy-two okay. percent of our goal today, and it's positive Friday. Yep. And uh, I know you know listeners can just go to sports1440.ca. It's right on the front page. And uh, you know what? It's what I've loved about it is how many people have donated five bucks, ten mm-hmm. bucks, fifteen. It just shows you that you know you got a big community of people, and it adds up. There's there's been some really generous people that have you know donated thousand dollars, which obviously boosted up uh, very quickly. But you know I'm pretty confident we can get to our goal. Um, it's it's really important to help Annalyn and Sam. Um, it was obviously mm-hmm. an unexpected uh, situation for Robin, and um, you know obviously it's you know it's tough for me because I, now I lost my dad at 27, mm-hmm. uh, but still 10 years older than Sam is, and you know being in your grade 12 year uh, to lose your father, and they were ultra close. That's the thing. Like mm-hmm. you know Eddie, we opened this talking about you know playing sports with your son or going to watch the sports with your son. Like I'm lucky, you know what he still thinks it's okay that dad coaches him, and you know what it's some of the best times of my life. And you know Robin really loved watching Sam play basketball, right? Like he loved it, right? Yeah. He joked about when Sam was like 13, all of a sudden the uh, torch was passed on the basketball court. And, uh, you know, Sam was uh, was running around him in circles. And uh, Brownlee's time of competing with his son on the court became now <laughs> Sam had to let dad win so he would <laughs> keep playing with him. But um, so it, it's going to be a real tough time here moving forward. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we'll lay Robin to rest um, next weekend. Uh, there's there's going to be uh, they have a private little thing on Saturday at the family, but then Sunday is the celebration of life, Kevin. And I know the you know there's lots of people in the community because Robin not only worked in sports, he, you know he worked in nonprofit, and so that's why I think the GoFundMe is you know Robin used to work um, for the Mustard Seed and, and other charities to to help raise money. So it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of nice that you know people are giving back to him. Yeah, I, I feel confident that uh, you get to the hundred percent here. Quick card minor hockey week. Uh, into the final weekend here. It's a big, big time in our city. How did your team make out? Tough loss, Kev. Uh, tough uh, loss. Uh, first time ever for me in minor hockey week that we got to overtime. Okay. And uh, went down to uh, to two on two. And, um, 
you know, un- unfortunate. Uh, well, it's two on two. It's not like you really ever practice for those situations. It's just tell the kids, hey, it's a two on two battle drill. And, you know, the, the, uh, the, the puck squirted loose. And of course, you know, they have a breakaway from the offensive blue line. That's kind of how it goes. So, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. Kids are pretty devastated with the, uh, with the overtime loss, but you know what? It was, it's a joy to do. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun kind of mid season. It, it gets the kids fired up for something else. It's, you know, it's, a, it's, it's well, real, I call it a single elimination because it doesn't matter if you win or lose your first game after that, you got to win to keep going. So, yeah. um, you know, I had a few wins, which is nice, but uh, ultimately didn't, uh, didn't get to the, uh, to the final. So uh, best of luck to, uh, to all the teams. I can imagine what a thrill it is, mm-hmm. you know, for everybody involved, you, you get down to it. Like the losses now will, will hurt more than no question about it. You, ne- you never got out coached in that game. Did you? Uh, no, you know what? True story. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's U11. There's not a lot of coaching in game. Yeah, other than that, that is true. And encouraging, but, um, uh, no, we, we outshot them 21 to six. Uh, um, it, it's funny. It's the first time our kids have experienced where, and you know, it's young officials, but mm-hmm. their, their team with two minutes left, uh, you know, the kid high stick, the puck, like blatantly over his head. It wasn't even, even the coach and the other team said, yeah, sorry, that shouldn't have counted, yeah. but you know, what are you going to do? So um, our, I, it was a good learning experience for our kids. I said, Hey, guess what? Life isn't always fair. And you know, they they want to yell at the refs. I'm like, we don't yell at the refs, you know? And that's just, it's kind of it. So it was a good learning experience, mm-hmm. but um, no, uh, th- there'll be times probably when I get out coached, but it wasn't a minor hockey week. Cause there's no line. There's no, uh, there's no line matching Kev. It's just uh, roll the, <laughs> roll the door open. Let so, him go. That's, uh, that's pretty nice. Yeah, Greg, just real quick. Cause I know we got to let you go right away. How is, are you as a coach in the locker room after an L like that? What, what do you say to the boys? Uh, well, especially when we, I said, guys, you know what? Like really, I'm, I'm always pretty, there hasn't, there's only been one game this year where, where I had to say, I asked them like, what'd you guys think of the game? And, you know, it's slowly, there was some, wow, we didn't really try very hard. Cause to me, I, I said, I don't really care about the wins or losses. I just, I want the kids to, to try. And we, we have, our motto is the three P's pressure, passing, positioning. And um, cause we have a lot of first years to, to learn full ice and we we've made huge strides there. So normally I'm always like, I use the proud word quite a bit for my team. I like mm-hmm. to go around to each kid and point out something that I really liked about their game that day. Like, you know, if you can have the kids believe that they're really good, I think hopefully you've done your job and they want to come to practice. So, so far, uh, so far our practice, um, uh, attendance is very, very high. So uh, something must be going right that they like it. So Belief is a big word. It's what's going on with the big club right now. So, Oh, 100%. And you can see confidence for your players. and mm-hmm. um, At any you know age. What? At any age. And so, you know what, we have uh, – uh, I've seen it with our kids that, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, we had a guy who had gone all year, he scored his first goal, and then all of a sudden now he could just handle the puck. I was joking. I was like, hey, you're McDavid out there because you know what? I like to tell the kids that they're great because uh, at that age, they actually kind of believe it, which is awesome because they they don't have the self-doubt yet. Mm -hmm. All right, Greg, thanks for this. Uh, Have a good show today. Have a great weekend, big guy. Yeah, you too, guys. Have a good one. All right, that's uh, Jason Greger from the Jason Greger Show, 2 to 6 here on Sports 1440. When we come back, we're going to do a little NFL round. The NFL with the uh, four big games this weekend. That's coming up with Carrie Steele on Sports 1440 right after the break. Oh, yes, 740 break. VA, Brian Adams. Kevin Carey, Eddie Steele on a nice Friday to kick off the weekend. Football tomorrow, Eddie. Big weekend. Wait, out of all four games, which one are you looking forward to the most? Oh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Probably, uh, you know, probably the Buffalo game, just because I want to see Buffalo get mm-hmm. over the hill finally. 
They've battled so many times in the playoffs over the years. Patrick Mahomes is finally playing a playoff game away from his house. And, you know, I like the KC Chiefs, and I I like seeing them win and stuff, but I'm ready for them to kind of be done their little reign. So I'm ready to see Buffalo get over the hill and finally dethrone the Chiefs. So is this – I mean, uh, Buffalo has a few injuries, but is this all the success for the Bills? 85 90% rest on Josh Allen? What are we looking yeah, at? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He needs to show up. But the thing about Buffalo is their defense is very banged mm-hmm. up. So That's their funny. defense needs to show up. I think it'll be somewhat of a shootout, but if Buffalo's defense can you know, get a few stops throughout the game, it should be Buffalo's game for the taking. How much does experience at the quarterback position come into play for this game? Yeah, it'll be everything because we've seen these two quarterbacks just go at it mm. over the years, right? You remember a couple of years ago that overtime when Buffalo uh, unfortunately lost that game and just many other games, even during the regular season, it's been just a matchup of quarterbacks. And, of course, the quarterbacks aren't playing each other. They're playing the opposite, uh, opponent's defense, yeah. but it's still it's a battle. And, if these again, it comes down to which defense can make a couple of stops because you're not going to stop these guys much. You want Buffalo to win, so do you think Buffalo will win? Uh, (laughs) I do. Honestly, I do. Yeah, playing in Buffalo. Again, this is Patrick Mahomes' first game, uh, playoff game, out of Arrowhead in, what is it, 15 games or something, Mm -hmm. or 14 games? Uh, It's something wild. Yeah, it's like a dozen or something. So I'm in, you know... Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills have always had to go to Arrowhead and play these tough games, and they've competed really well and had some really big shootout games over the years. Mm -hmm. So it'll be really nice to see KC have to go up to Buffalo. Elements are a scratch. It's whatever, because you saw what KC played in last week. That's nothing. They played in some crazy temps. But keep an eye on that Baltimore game, too. Uh, I'm really pulling for the Ravens, but uh, C.J. Stroud and what he's doing with the Texans, that's wow. All right, let's go there then. I mean, the Duke wants to talk about that one for the next three hours. but uh, <laughs> Just make the rest of the program a uh, Texans-Ravens pregame show. <laughs> do the Texans have a chance here, Eddie? Yeah, they do. Again, quarterback play. Quarterback play. Duke, that's your team. Wh- what do you see? What do you think? It, it's going to be a matchup. Like, or we, we saw these two teams play in week one. Of course, that was C.J. Stroud's first NFL game to Miko Ryan's first behind the bench. But this Ravens team has been pretty much the best in the AFC wire to wire on this season. Their, their defense is, uh, without a doubt, the best the Texans have played down the stretch here. I mean, they got some pretty cushy games to get themselves into the playoffs. And that combined with Jacksonville stinking it up down the stretch got them this division championship. But like Baltimore's defense is as like, big of a deal as, as it comes. So it'll be a big test for Stroud as a rookie quarterback and uh, D'Amico Ryans as the rookie head coach, how he kind of continues to adapt. Uh, OC Bobby Slowick also new in that role. He's had a great season and uh, garnering some head coach consideration. But if you come out here and all of a sudden, uh, you know, get outgunned and outmatched by the much more veteran side of the ball with what the Ravens have, then uh, all of a sudden that might kind of slow the role. So I, I'm like you said, I'm not going to say they don't have a chance because of the way C.D. Stroud has played and he continues to kind of I don't know if he has a ton of like critics or naysayers. I mean, he's been terrific all year, but he is still a rookie quarterback. And at some point you expect that to show and the rookie uh, rookie mistakes to come out. If it's going to happen, I think this Ravens defense could expose them. Uh, and it's the only thing I could see for the Ravens on the offensive side of the ball, like Lamar's the MVP this year. I think that's a no-brainer. And he's finally got like a legitimate top weapon wide receiver in Zay Flowers. But if they can manage to cover him up because the Texans uh, secondary, they they can turn the ball over between Derek Stingley, uh, Desmond King back there. 
if they can like shut down the secondary guys, Rashad Bateman, uh, Odo Beckham, and then maybe keep wraps on a guy like Mark Andrews or Isaiah Likely, then I'll give them a chance because as it's this is a repeat thing. The, the Ravens are banged up at the running back position. And Gus Edwards has done great in spot duty, but he's not exactly your, like, go out and win you a game-type running back, right? He can mm-hmm. he can come through and get you a goal-line touchdown and things like that, but he's not going to, I don't think, go out there and uh, run it up against you, especially what's been a good Texans run defense this season. So I have one question for you, fellas. Oh, okay. Sticking with this game, the old rest versus rust adage, because Baltimore, yeah. they had everything locked up, rested their starters the last week of the season, and then had a bye last week. So essentially, their their big dogs haven't played in three weeks. Do you think they show up and come out fast? What do you guys think about the uh, rest versus I, rust? I will take rest every time, mm, 10 out too. of 10 at this time of the year. Me too. Such a grind. You need to be your body uh, as fit, as rested, as healed as possible going into uh, any game. But at this time of the year, and you know what's funny is that Houston kind of had an easier game last week, right? You know, they could they coasted at the end as well. Mm-hmm. So they had the opportunity to kind of rest some guys, you know, in the, in the fourth quarter and things like that against Cleveland. But I would take rest over rust any time. Any day, any game of the week. Uh, so, I, I I mean, Baltimore's got such a, a, a good team. This is this is the toughest test that Houston has faced all year. Oh, for so. sure. This is Baltimore's game, I think. We had the comment, though, from Harbaugh after – it was the first game of the year. Houston beat – or Houston lost to Baltimore. I think it was 25-9 or something like that. And, and, and you know, Harbaugh said, look out for these guys. This is a really good young team. They're going to string some wins together. Look out for them at the end. And look at that. He, he was very correct in his prediction and how he thought that the Texans would come together as a team. And look where they are now. Yeah. You know, they were one of eight teams with a shot at it. Yeah, here. it's so amazing. Rookie it, quarterback. It, it wow. really is. You know, growing up for me, and I never really said this because I didn't want to jinx it, but I'm at a point now where, and I'm, I'm not a bandwagon jumper, but when I grew up in Saskatchewan, we had Detroit cable. That's so we, and, and the, Detroit at that time had three great stations that covered sports a lot. Of course, they covered the, the, and the Tigers were really good. So they covered the Tigers a lot and they covered the Lions a lot. But again, the Lions weren't very good. Mm-hmm. So I was a, a Lions fan. I've only got one jersey in all of my closet. And it's a Matthew Stafford Detroit Lions jersey. Nice. Um, but I go back way before Stafford got there. So, yep. you know, in the 80s when I was, uh, and because he was the same age, my favorite football player was Chris Spielman uh, for the Lions. Yeah. You know, you know, his wife passed away, man, about 15 years ago. He had cancer. And he, to me, just epitomized what a football player should be back in the day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember him, Eddie, but he was a linebacker. Yeah, gritty. Gritty. You know, he played hurt all the time. He was he was just um and they, they were losing. He, but he was a white fella, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah betcha. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I, I, I remember. You know, he and you know he and he was well spoken and and but so I, I always liked the Lions, but they're so bad. And then of course, you know, he had Barry Sanders, which was exciting and things like that. But this is a chance for Detroit now. Tampa Bay, you know, if you were to ask, okay, you're going to host a second-round playoff game, and Tampa Bay is going to be your opponent. Take that. You're going, wow. Baker Mayfield rolling to town. Yeah. Take that all day, any day. What do you make of this one, Eddie? Oh, it's so exciting for Detroit. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm a Vikings fan, 
um, have been growing up. Winnipeg is, you know, you're from Saskatchewan yeah. with the Detroit television, and me being from Winnipeg, we're right on top of Minnesota. So naturally, the Vikings were my most favorite team. And uh, to see what Detroit is doing, our rival, one of our rivals in the division, it's incredible to see because they've been just in the pits for so long. Brown paper bags on your head, you know, 0-16. They've seen the worst of the worst. And to see this team rise up to be where they're at with Baker Mayfield coming to town, Mm -hmm. this is a game that Detroit should come out and handily Easily, sorry, handle business. They really should. Uh, Tampa's a, a decent team, but really they're not um, uh, an offensive juggernaut. Yeah. They're not at all. In Detroit, they got that crowd at home, and that crowd is something special yeah. because they haven't experienced this in so long. So they have that energy. It really, truly is a 12th man, or sorry, a 13th man. Mm-hmm. No, 12th man in the NFL. <laughs> I'm getting all confused now. Jeez, the third, when I said 13, instantly just Saskatchewan green yeah. flashed in my eyes. Yeah. No, not 13. Yeah. But... Um, you really feel it with that crowd, and I'm I'm buying whatever Dan Campbell's selling, man. That mm-hmm. guy is a leader. If if you could, uh, in the next uh, whatever day or so, Eddie, try to find someone that knows a little bit about the Lions and go back 20 years with Spielman, okay, and and ask him, do you think Spielman has the same qualities as Dan Campbell? They'll go, you're exactly right. These two guys are cut from the same cloth. Mm-hmm. Exactly the, the fire, the passion, leadership. Mm-hmm. You, so if you if you know anyone, just go. Hey, does Dan Campbell kind of remind you of uh, Chris? Uh, I will do that. And you'll, they'll, oh, absolutely. What do you think of that game? Well, I'm like Detroit. I, obviously, I think Detroit has yeah. the. You know, they got a good firepower, and if they're if they can contain and get, they need to get pressure on Mayfield as soon as Baker kind of and he's hurting a bit. As soon as he, he gets flushed out, I think he makes more mistakes. Yeah, he does. If he sits in there. And he's got good receivers. I mean, Evans had a, Evans was off last game. Yeah, you know, he had an off game, but you know, and Mike Evans dropped some balls. And, you know, he's quiet. Mike Evans is quietly becoming one of the mm-hmm. best receivers in NFL history. Uh, one last one. So Green Bay and San Fran. If anyone is picking an upset, a lot of people are saying, you know what? Just because they saw what Green Bay did in Dallas, can they do it two weeks in a row? No shot. No right. shot. San Fran is they're on a mission. I think it's San Fran and. Um, Baltimore are on a, a head-on collision mm-hmm. for each other. San Fran's defense is so strong. I don't care about Brock Purdy. I don't care if Brock Purdy scores 10 points. San Fran's defense is so strong, they'll hold their opponents to seven points. I firmly believe in San Fran's defense. They're Ooh. so good. This is going to be a good they one to watch. So this good. is the game that I'm most looking forward to. Yeah, kudos to yeah. Green Bay and Jordan Love. What he did is incredible, and what he has done throughout the season, you know, this back half of the season has been incredible, and Green Bay has found yeah. themselves their dude. I want to have. I want to see the game plan that LaFleur draws up and see what he does here because this is a big test. It is a huge test. I guess with, you know, taking back a little bit of what I said with San Fran and their defense, Jordan Love did prove in that game against the Cowboys to make some throws with pressure in his face, off-balance throws. Uh, So even if you do get that pressure with San Fran D, Jordan Mm -hmm. Love did prove that he can make those throws where he's leaning back and throw a dart, which was the most impressive thing. But still, Chase Young, uh, mm-hmm. Bosa, man, this – not only Warner, this defense is so strong. And then they have such a dynamic offense, too, that you got to try and keep up with on the on the scoreboard. K-Fed texts in, Eddie, and says uh, it's 13 in Saskatchewan only when they're kicking field goals, Eddie. 
<laughs> That'll let's see. We can talk about that for a hundred years. Oh, we sure could. Uh, when we come back, top of the hour, it will be Mark Spector from uh, Rogers Sportsnet on the mark for Booster Juice and our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter, Dan Rosen from NHL.com. Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by First Round. Watch NFL football at First Round, either location here in the mall or at 104th Street. Tomorrow, couple games. Sunday, couple games. You could win a trip to watch your favorite team next year. Here is the Duke.